What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 24 of Beef's Beef. Uh, got a little bit to talk about today. Obviously, the Super Bowl. Uh, I know I just put out the Super Bowl preview yesterday, and uh, it, we put it out right before the game. But, you know, the game happened. Uh, I want to talk about it. My favorite team didn't end up getting the win, but uh, we'll be back again next year, I feel like. Uh, I also want to talk about the Florida State game that we had Saturday and uh, the Syracuse game we have coming up here in about uh, 25 minutes. Um, we'll start with Louisville. Um, Florida State came into the came into the Yum Center 17 and six, or at 16 and six. They were five and five in the conference. Louisville was 16 and six, six and three in the conference. Uh, we had come or we had gone to Florida State. Come back from a 17-point deficit in the first half and beat them on their home court. So that was definitely something that was on the minds of the of the Florida State Seminoles as they came in here. Um, and to be honest with you, they they came in, they uh, had a one-point lead at halftime, um, took a lead of about six or eight about halfway through the second half, and kind of just not. I wouldn't say coasted. Because if I, if they coasted, we probably would have beaten them. Um, but they, you know, they held they held strong and held the lead for the whole pretty much the whole second half. Um, we took a lead maybe one or two times, then uh, they just took the lead back. They they just played better down the stretch. Um, it was kind of like the old free throw woes that we used to have, or that we've had in the past. Um, 17 to 26 as a team but then again they were 21 of 31 but still that four points right there is a, is the four points that separated the game uh, I saw a lot of people blaming VJ King for this game uh, before I say anything I'm gonna go ahead and say it VJ King did not play a good game but really outs there's really outside of Ray Spalding who to me was a huge key Ray Spalding and Malik Williams uh Outside of those two, I really don't think anyone played a good game. Uh, you look at Dangadell, 5 of 16 from the field, 4 of 10 from 3. Uh, he had 17 points and 8 rebounds and actually had zero turnovers, but 5 of five of 16 from the field. Uh, VJ was 3 of 9 from the field, 1 of 2 from 3, 3 of 6 from the free throw line, missed uh, a couple of key free throws down the stretch. Uh, uh, he, had, he only had, he had two turnovers. Uh, he had he again had zero assists, but then you think about the guys that would replace him. Jordan Wire played zero minutes. Why I have no idea. Um, that was a head scratcher for me. I thought this would be a perfect team for him to come into good good minutes in. Uh, Dwayne Sutton only played four minutes, and then you have Ryan McMahon who played eighteen minutes. Was zero of one from the field, uh, three of three from the free throw line, zero assists and five turnovers and four fouls with three points in 18 minutes. So, if we're looking at people that are going to replace him, come in the game and take his spot, who are we putting there? Because no one played well. Now, I get it. He took a terrible shot down the, down the stretch uh, where he should have thrown it out the queue, and he took a bad shot at the end of the game. I'm not defending that. But to put the loss solely on VJ King and to only talk about how VJ King, quote-unquote, sucks, VJ King doesn't, no one played well. When it came down to the end of it, Q didn't step up and do anything until the end of the game. We just didn't play well as a team. That's a fact. I mean, Q had seven seven assists, 
and one turnover, which is fantastic, and 15 points. But he was 4 of 11, 2 of 5 from the three-point line, and 5 of 6 from free throw. So the that was the mantra that I didn't understand was all the people getting on VJ King and saying he was the reason for the for the loss. He didn't help it, but neither did anybody else. Um, I mean, he sat out a long stretch. He played 28 minutes of the game. He and McMahon, uh, McMahon played 18. He played 28. So I, that's another thing that I don't get. He sits VJ out in big stretches, and it it almost like hinders his game. It's like he can't get into a rhythm because he sits him out so long. Um, but Florida State's bench is what helped them. I mean, they had I got they had uh, Forrest come off the bench, play thirty one minutes, and had ten points. And then MJ Walker, the freshman that they said could have played football at pretty much anywhere he wanted to, had eight points. Uh, Forrest also had nine rebounds. All five starters for Florida State were in double digits, which is pretty big when you think that and when you look at Angola and Walker only playing twenty three minutes apiece because they were in foul trouble. Uh, they had three players in, with four fouls, and we didn't attack any of them. Um, I believe it was Angola that he actually left in the game, and we never attacked him. And that's it. I mean, I know everyone's tired of the one-on-one stuff, but geez, man, when you got somebody with four fouls like that, you got to attack them. And we didn't. Uh, down the stretch, we we finally started making plays, but it was just too little, too late, and then. The VJ King shot and people missing free throws just didn't help. So hopefully, you know, it's a quick it's a quick turnaround. So hopefully, Louisville is is ready for the Syracuse team that's coming in. Syracuse comes in with a fifteen and eight record, four and six in the conference, and this is the first time we played a Big Monday game, and it seems like forever. I can't remember the last time we did. We probably did last year, but um, I can't recall it right offhand. Uh, this both teams are coming in on two game losing streaks. Louisville's lost three out of the last four. Lost to Miami, Virginia, and Florida State Saturday. Uh, Syracuse is coming off uh, losses to their three out of their last four. To I'm sorry, they've they've lost to Georgia Tech and Virginia. Uh, they beat Pittsburgh twice and Boston College. So we'll we'll see how this game goes. Uh, Syracuse doesn't put up a lot of big numbers. Only average sixty eight points a game. Shoot 42% from the field. Uh, they do average more rebounds in Louisville by .6 and less assists uh, and less blocks. But, I mean, I know Louisville's up there in blocks. So, uh, Syracuse is up there in blocks. That means they're pretty close to uh, the national leaders as well. Uh, this is going to be a tough game for Louisville because of the zone. And with a, a team that is not necessarily all the way used to playing or playing against zone, uh, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, looking at the spread, it is a seven-point spread. Um, I think we cover that. Uh, they give us a 75.4% chance of winning the game. Uh, I think we cover the spread. I think Louisville gets to win the night. Uh, I think the key is just ball movement, ball movement, ball movement. Uh, we move the ball against this zone and, and, and don't stand and, and play one-on-one basketball. I think we win. Uh, it's it's no mistake that when we move the ball that the shots go in. Uh, we start hitting from the perimeter. The team gets more pumped up. We play better on the defensive end. Uh, I mean, this is what started happening when we moved the ball against Florida State the first time. We started moving the ball, started moving the ball, started moving the ball. Dang was hitting shots. 
Uh, Q was hitting shots. Uh, everybody was hitting shots in that game. That's the biggest thing with this team is sometimes we get so stagnant because we just stand, we just stand and watch. We we have one, too much one-on-one hero ball. Uh, so hopefully, you know, we go into this game with a good game plan. I, I mean, um, I thought we had a good game plan against Florida State, and we just went away from it. It's partly on the youngness of the of the coaching of the of David Paget and the inexperience of David Paget. So, I mean, we'll see. I, I think we Syracuse is definitely a team that we need to come in at this point because I think we can beat them. And frankly, we need a win. Uh, feels like the wheels are almost falling off again with losing three or four, and then right after Syracuse, you got Georgia Tech at Pittsburgh. So. This could be a three-game stretch and maybe a four-game stretch if you count North Carolina because I really don't think North Carolina's that good. The fact that I'm looking at Louisville's schedule and they're still at number 21 next to UNC tells me that they're just a national darling and it doesn't matter how many times they lose or who they lose to, they're still going to be ranked. Um, I, I don't get it. I really don't get it. When They've lost three out of their last five. Their record... This is North Carolina. Uh, their record is seventeen and seven, six and five in the conference. I know they lost to Wofford, they lost to Clemson, they lost to NC State, and they lost to Virginia Tech. They got beat by double digits at Virginia Tech, lost in overtime to NC State at home, and then lost at Clemson for the first time in forever. I know this isn't a North Carolina show, but it's kind of it's kind of confusing to see this stuff. I mean. All of Louisville's losses until Saturday were to ranked teams. Um, so, it's kind of confusing to see that stuff. But, oh well. Again, I think Louisville wins. Uh, I'll go 81-69. A 12-point win for the Cards. Uh, we'll see what happens. I think they win. But, uh, to the game last night, uh, like I said, obviously, my team didn't win. Um America's team last night is what it felt like. The Philadelphia Eagles did come back and win. Congrats to my buddy B.J. Cato. I know he's a big Eagles fan. He's been waiting for this game for a while. And they got, they got the win. Uh, I felt like there were some missed calls, but at the end of the game, we had chance after chance to come to get back in that. Um, I thought Brady missed a couple check downs that he normally doesn't miss. Uh, we desperately missed Brandon Cooks. Um, I know we still scored 33 points and 21 in the second half, but we desperately missed Brandon Cooks. We needed another target. Uh, our two leading receivers were Danny Amendola with eight receptions, 152 yards, and Chris Hogan, six receptions, 128 yards. Actually, let's just look at the top three because Gronk had nine receptions, 116 yards. So that's 23 receptions between three players. That's all but five receptions of... Tom Brady's completions last night that were two, three different players. That's also 152, 128. That's, uh, what, 270, or no, I'm sorry, 280, uh, 396 of the 505 to three different receivers. You have Brandon you have Brandon Cooks in there. It spreads the field more. It just gives him more of a target. But at the end of the day, giving up 41 points, it's not going to do it. Um, it is a real head-scratcher with the Malcolm Butler thing as well. Um, I don't get it. I don't know if it was 
a gimmick to make him less valuable to the free agent market or or what it really was but um I didn't understand it I don't I don't agree with it uh, but I don't know I don't I, there's that's the thing like Belichick comes out and says after the game it wasn't um he wasn't sick he wasn't hurt and it wasn't a disciplinary reason he just did it for matchups Scott's this guy saved the game against the Seahawks. Play, plays well the whole season. Plays well the past three seasons. And then you sit him out and you don't tell him until right before the game. And like right before the national anthem. I don't know. I didn't I didn't agree with it. Um uh, I don't know. I just I I wish the game would have been different. Uh it was amazing to see how many Eagles fans there were last night. Um, it's crazy. People that didn't even know were Eagles fans are wearing Eagles jerseys or Eagles hats or posting fly Eagles fly on Facebook. It's a joke. People like that are a joke. It makes me mad, to be honest with you, but it's whatever. Um, the, the biggest, the biggest thing that kind of bothered me last night is how Brady is getting all this crap. He should have caught the ball. I'm going to start by saying that he should have caught the ball. But they talk about, oh, well, look at this. Our quarterback can catch. The pass from the pass from Trey Burton was a thousand times better than the pass from Danny Amendola. Uh, literally, Nick Foles turned around and it hit him right in the numbers. Uh, I thought they were both great play calls at the time, obviously, because Brady was wide open. Uh, probably would have gotten at least 10 or 15 yards off of it. I know he's slower than molasses, so he probably wouldn't have scored a touchdown, but... Um, I think he'd have gotten close. So, at the end of the day, I think we'll be back. Uh, you know, we'll have Julian Edelman back, which would have been another. <laughs> I mean, you think of, you think about how well this team ended the season, thirteen and three, making it to the Super Bowl. Really had a chance to do something or to win the Super Bowl. Uh, has the ball with two and a half minutes left in a timeout, and that fumble happens and. I don't know. You think you think in this game you have Julian Edelman, you think that we're not going to win. But then again, you can also say that, well, what if they had Carson Wentz? That's, a, that's also a very valid point. Injuries happen in the NFL. Uh, theirs was an MVP candidate. Ours was just another weapon for our MVP. So we'll see. I think we're back next year. Um, I think Brady has another great year next year. And... Uh, the one thing that did worry me, and I'm not going to say that I blame him, was the uh, the interview with Gronk after the game. And, uh, you know, he was asked about how he told someone before the game that he was contemplating retirement. And the real telling, the real telling part of it for me was the way he kind of looked at the guy and was like, I don't know how you heard that. Um, but, you know, I'm going to take a few weeks and really think about what I want to do, blah, blah, blah. When he said, I don't know how you heard that, that to me was like, I'd say he's pretty close to retiring. And like I said, I don't blame him. Uh, he's taken a lot of hits. He's taken a lot of injuries. Uh, the concussion probably scared him. Who knows? He may be near that point to where they're saying you can't have another concussion. Or I mean, you should never have concussions. I don't want to act like that's a... I think you should never have a concussion, but 
Um, I don't know. It it sucks. I I mean I hope he doesn't retire, but I'll understand if he does. I'm not one of those people that badmouths people when they make a decision for their family and for themselves. Uh, it says he turns 29 in May, so I didn't realize that Gronk was actually younger than me, which was kind of weird. Um, I thought he was my age, maybe a little bit older, but no, I mean he's not even in his 30s yet, and I mean he's had a he's had a heck of a career. I hope it's not the I hope it's not the end, but um, I could definitely see it happening. So I think we'll see within the next month or two whether he's going to be back. Um, and I, I can't say it enough. I don't blame him if he does it. So check out the game here. It's actually going to start here in about eight minutes. The Louisville Syracuse game. Uh, to all you uh, Super Bowl Eagle fans, I don't like you. It's whatever, though. I'm not saying you should cheer for the Patriots or, or anything like that, but I, I can't tell you how many people told me yesterday, oh, man, Patriots, huh? I'm like, yeah. I'm cheering for the Eagles. That's cool. I didn't ask your opinion. Uh, and then, you know, I didn't say that, obviously, but then they're like, yeah, you guys have won enough. I just don't, I don't, I don't want to see the Patriots win it again. Like, who says that to a person cheering for their favorite team? You guys have won enough. You, or, you know, I had people saying, you know you guys are going to win, right? Like, no, I don't know that. That's why before the game I'm saying that I'm nervous because I was nervous. Philadelphia wasn't a, a crap team. They're not just some joke of a team. It's obvious. They beat us last night. So, um Again, I'll say I, there were some missed calls, but for me to complain about missed calls is like a Kentucky fan complaining about missed calls. It happens for you. It's going to happen in the game. We had plenty of chances down the stretch to win. We had plenty of chances down the stretch to take the lead again. And we blew them. So uh, we'll be back. I hope you guys uh, enjoy. I, I did get one part of it right yesterday, though. Um we did cover the over. Neither myself or my cousin Jerry Lee got these got the score right. I actually don't know if anybody got the score right. I, I texted my buddy BJ before the game. He called a thirty two twenty eight Eagles win. My cousin called a thirty four twenty four Eagles win. I called a thirty one twenty seven pa- uh, Patriots win. No one saw the game being this, you know, just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. It was a shootout. Like it, at at one point, my cousin was like, "Geez, man, this is like arena football." And yeah, it was. <laughs> it, I can't. It was a fun game to watch um, until the end, whenever that fumble happened. Because I think, I mean, I'm getting texts or I'm seeing Facebook posts at that point. Like, uh, well, too much time on the clock. We've seen this before. I was still nervous for some reason. I just I went to the bathroom right after that possession. And uh, went to the bathroom and was just like, man, I'm, I don't know what it is, but I'm not feeling good about it. And then the fumble happens, and we still have a chance. And I think the if you notice towards the very, very end, when Brady started checking down the Gronk on that wide open play, we ran like the same play like four times, and Gronk was open every time, and he didn't take advantage of that until there was like 30 seconds left. So that one didn't really make sense to me either. But oh well, you live the fight another day. You'll we'll be back. Hopefully we'll be back in the Super Bowl again next year. I know it's going to be tough to get there. Uh, that Eagles team is going to be good again, uh, especially with Wentz coming back. We'll see when he gets back. 
the Jaguars. Who knows what they do in the offseason going into the draft. They may get a they may get a quarterback. Who knows? They may stick with Bortles. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I hope you guys are enjoying these episodes. I know it's kind of weird to have one back-to-back days. Um, but I do love doing them, so it doesn't, doesn't bother me to do them two days in a row. Uh, by the way, I wish you guys could have seen my cousin yesterday. I've never... I've never seen somebody so nervous to do it. It was kind of funny because, you know, I'm used to me being a kid and him helping me out with nerves and stuff. But it was fun. I uh, I really hope you guys enjoyed his insight. Uh, he gives a lot of good insight for this stuff. He, Like I said, he is one of the most knowledgeable NFL fans that I know. Um, so I'll have him on before the draft again, and we'll give a draft preview. I'm also starting a blog. Um, and we'll do some draft preview stuff on there, some NBA draft preview stuff like that. You know, write up some different things. But I hope you guys enjoy the game. I'm going to hop off here and uh, check out this Louisville-Syracuse game. Hopefully we can get a W. You guys have a good week. I'll see you guys on my Facebook Live Wednesday and then have another episode out Friday. And you guys have a good week and try to stay warm because I heard it's supposed to snow again. All right, later.